to A Texan's View of the World with your host, Jeb Bashaw. Hey, good afternoon. Happy uh, Friday the 13th. This is Jeb Bashaw, and I'm here with my podcast, A Texan's View of the World. It's been kind of a quiet summer, been busy traveling and having a good time and taking care of family and some other issues. So been off uh, for a while, but delighted to be back. As we get ready for the balance of the year, we've got one quarter left, or actually a trimester left of the year, and everything seems to be uh, interesting. Things continue to change, and we thought we had uh, COVID whipped, and apparently we didn't, and now we've got the Delta variant, which everyone seems to be talking about. And Of course, there's lots of blame to go around about the unvaccinated or the vaccinated, and I can tell you that I can argue both sides, but in the last probably week, I've had six different friends who were fully vaccinated ending up in the emergency room for various levels of either fluids or some type of new treatment or some type of add-on treatment. So clearly we're not out of the woods yet, and um, we'll continue to pray for all those folks who have been affected, particularly those who have lost loved ones, because it is a difficult time. But uh, we have to continue to use good common sense and try to do the right thing. And so while I'm no doctor, and certainly uh, I will have one in here shortly on our next episode, Dr. Joe Galati is going to join us. I will say that always consult with your physician and ask them what they think the best thing to do is because they're the ones that know you and you know you. You know your health and you know the right thing to do. And so don't be bullied into doing something or not doing something because it's the um, wave or the folks are doing that to you. We've seen in history where that hasn't worked out very well. So stand your ground either way and, um, and make good decisions for you and your family and your friends. Today, I want to talk about something which actually has been in the news and actually been on my mind recently. Two kind of interesting things. One is uh, travel, which I'm going to talk a little bit about. And the other one is this new norm we have with uh, COVID. Uh, I'm going to talk about travel, first of all. My wife, Laura, and I have been traveling pretty regularly here during COVID. We've uh, been lots of places, lots of fun places to see our kids in Wyoming and in um, Colorado and We've been fishing with them down in Port O'Connor, and we've um, traveled to Florida and to the East Coast and all places in between and really had a great time. And uh, really, we haven't reduced our schedule at all. In fact, if anything, it was nicer when uh, no one was flying because we had a lot more room. But today, as you know, we're um, now standing six feet apart outside the airplane, and then when we get on the airplane, they pack us in uh, elbow to elbow. So I don't know what kind of science that is, but it's interesting to me that <laughs> that's what we're doing. And I want to talk a little bit about this travel thing. You know, I've kind of lamented about it in the past, but I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here. It's amazing to me what people travel in today. When I was a young man, my mom would take us on trips, and it was a big thing to get on an airplane. I mean, we had to get up, and of course, this was back when everybody had an assigned seat, and maybe perhaps travel was a little more elegant, but mom would dress us up in a coat, or at least at least a coat, if not a coat and tie, and she'd get dressed up and wear heels and pearls, and we'd get on an airplane, and we'd fly to Vermont to see my grandparents, or we'd fly somewhere to New Mexico to see friends, or we traveled a lot. We were very fortunate, and um, it was a big thing. And today, when you travel, it's just not that way. Frankly, it's rather gross. I have been traveling, as I said, a great deal recently on business and, and fun, and it's amazing to me what people will wear to get on an airplane. And I'm shocked by uh, both men and women. There's no uh, no discriminatory comments here, but the men get on, they look like they just rolled out of bed and they're wearing flip-flops and I really don't want to see their feet. I don't want to see anybody's feet. And um, the women get on, they're wearing midriffs and bras and 
barely anything else. And it's just incredible to me how people travel today. And, uh, of course, no one checks a bag anymore. They get on looking like the Beverly Hillbillies. They're dragging, you know, uh, blankets and pillows, and they're dragging um, overnight bags and undernight bags and extra bags. And then, of course, they hit you as they walk all the way down the aisle. Uh, and they never say, excuse me. They just keep moving along as though somehow um, uh, it's going to be okay if they just keep running into people. Last week, uh, or two days ago, I was traveling to New Orleans, and I watched a guy get on. He was the last guy on the plane. He had a uh, had a walker, and he started walking up and down looking for a spot in the first three rows. Well, for those of you that fly Southwest Airlines, you'll have a pretty good idea that the first three rows are usually pretty taken. They're taken by other people who are in wheelchairs or people uh, who are in A through 1 through 15 because those of us that fly a lot, get that preferred seating, and so we want to get in and out of the airplane. Well, finally, the the uh, uh, flight attendant just had to come up and say, Sir, what what, what can I help you with? Well, he said, I, I, I think I'd like to sit up here. Well, sorry, bud, you got to go to the back of the bus. I mean, that's just the way it is. And um, this almost nonsensical understanding of how to fly, and I, and I told my wife, Laurel, I said, we need to do a video to teach people how to fly again. I don't know if it's COVID or COVID dementia or but literally, people have forgotten how to fly. And uh, we were on United uh, going to Philadelphia about two weeks ago. And it's real simple. Line one, you know, they load kind of uncharacteristically abnormal in the fact that they have these loading zones. And so it's one, two, three, four, five. And there's a sign that says one, two, and another sign that says three, four, five. And it's posted right on your boarding pass. And to watch these people come in, they act like they don't either they don't know numbers or they've never flown before. But I really believe that uh, there's a great deal of money to be made in providing people keep talking about getting these COVID cards before you can fly. I would argue that we get some common sense cards and we make people go through some type of training program before they're allowed to enter the airport because they are screwing it up for all of us. I watched a a guy come up and approach the, uh, literally talking to the flight attendant who was taking, he said, he literally handed her her thing. He said, I don't know where I'm supposed to be. And she said, well, you're in loading group four. Oh, okay. Well, where does that go? And she literally pointed the sign that said loading group four. She said, you'll be behind that number. Oh, okay. So I load now? No. We're loading group one and two right now. Oh, well, he asked, when will I load? Well, probably after three and before five. I mean, we literally have lost our ability to reason and to cognitively understand how things work uh, in today's world. And then we also flew Southwest Airlines recently to Florida, which was actually kind of fun. Uh, of course, it was a full flight, literally a full flight. And um, we had the good fortune. Uh, we thought we were going to have a seat between us. We ended up not. So big boy me got to sit in the middle seat, which wasn't very fun. But it's amazing what people do. The first thing they do, they get in the plane. They take off their shoes. They start putting their feet on the furniture. I mean, I'm telling you. These people have literally lost their minds. And then, of course, um, when the plane lands, the first thing they want to do is run up to the front door. Well, the great part about that is it always amuses me how the people that are the last ones on the airplane will try to take the front seats. But, of course, there's no place to put their luggage. So what they do is they'll go three back behind them and put their luggage in. So guess what happens when we reverse the order when the plane lands? The first thing they do is run back there to get their bags. Well, now they've screwed the whole thing up. And um, 
I have to be honest, I check bags most of the time, really, just because I'm just too damn lazy to lug my stuff around. And I got time on either end of the flights. So that's part of being prepared. So I don't really worry about it. But to watch these people, it is absolutely crazy. And so if you hear about a program I put together called the uh, Bashaw Learn How to Fly Again program, um, I hope you'll tell your friends about it because we're going to train this next generation in uh, how to do it. The second thing that's been really interesting to me is as people have gone back to restaurants, and I want to tell you a story. I'm not going to tell you the name of the restaurant because it's a friend of mine. But we were in, a, a friend and I had dinner last uh, Tuesday night, and um, uh, we've been longtime friends and uh, went to school together, actually, same school, different times. And uh, he and I were having a delightful dinner. And um, we came, the, when the bill came, I said, well, let me get it. And he said, no, no, let's split it. And so we both threw our credit cards out. And I looked at the bill. And we'd only had one drink each and uh, just a regular appetizer and maybe just a regular entree. And it was restaurant week. So they had a discounted $35 uh, all-in meal. So I'm kind of doing the quick math, 35, 35, that's only 70 and $10 drinks. Okay, how do we get to 120 bucks? So when the waiter brought us back our uh, checks, I looked at the check and sure enough, they had put a 20% gratuity on the bill. And I was shocked. I, I couldn't believe it. I always tip 20%, but, I mean, I can understand if it was an eight-top, but for a two-top. And um, so I called the um, I called the manager over, who's a friend of mine, and I said, hey, look, I'm not being ugly. I'm happy to pay the 20%, but what in the world's going on? He said, well, I don't know how to explain this other than to say that, let's just say that the demographics are changing in the restaurant business. Now, I didn't push any further than that because I'm not sure I really want to know the answer. But he told me there's a certain group of people, uh, young and old, who come in and they will monopolize the table for hours while sharing an appetizer and having one drink. And he said, you know, our waiters are paid the waiter wage, which I don't know what it is today. I think it's around three bucks an hour. But most of their money is made from tips. And so here he is. He's trying to run a restaurant, make a living. Of course, he's trying to give back to the community. He's doing restaurant week, which they I encourage you all to support your local restaurateurs in general, but specifically during restaurant week, because it's a great chance to uh, raise money for the food bank, which is a great program here. In fact, probably one of the top food banks in the United States is right here in Houston and um, run by our friend, um, Mr. Cordua. So um, we think it's a great way to give back to the community. But when you see what's going on, it's amazing how people will take advantage of the situation. And, um, so I was shocked, and, and it's really kind of part and parcel to other things that I have seen recently, and it goes back to my lamentation about flying and how people treat that. I just think we've lost some basic skill sets in terms of being a nice person and doing the right thing, and whether or not it's flying or dining in a restaurant or uh, driving. Apparently driving is completely, we've lost our minds in driving, at least in Houston, Texas. I guess everybody sat at home for 18 months worrying about catching COVID, they forgot how to drive. And um, it's just been completely crazy. And um, I guess before I finish to this uh, episode, I will kind of tell you one funny story. My brother lives in Austin, Texas, which is, you know, the People's Republic of Austin, and if not communist, certainly socialist. And um, he had a friend who was in his 30s who uh, was completely overwhelmed by fear regarding COVID. In fact, so overwhelmed, he didn't leave his own house for almost 18 months, had all of his food delivered, wore gloves, wore a mask in his own house, lives alone. So that's even funnier to me. But this fellow did all that stuff. And he finally decided he needed to go see his doctor. 
So we made an appointment. He went to down to see his um, his family physician, and when he walked in, the uh, receptionist wasn't wearing a um, mask, and he was a little miffed by it, but he didn't say anything. And shortly thereafter, the nurse came around the corner, and she said, yes, sir, we're ready to see you, and she wasn't wearing a mask. Well, now he's kind of getting a little hot about it, apparently. She takes him to the examination room, and the doctor walks in and says, hey, how are you doing? And the doctor's not wearing a mask either. Well, with this, the guy flips out and starts screaming at the doctor. And uh, the doctor says, uh, I'm sorry, what's the problem? He says, well, God, don't you know what's going on? We're in the middle of a pandemic, and nobody in your staff is wearing a mask, and it's darkest hour, and we're all going to die, and if you keep this up, you're infecting other people. And the doctor let him rant for a few minutes, and then finally he said, sir, I, I apologize. Would you like me to put on a mask? And he said, hell yes, I want you to put on a mask. So the doctor did, and the doctor began his examination, and it was a full physical, and about Eight to ten minutes later, when he finished, he said, look, I think everything looks great, uh, and I'm going to you know, write that up on your chart. He said, um, we did do some blood work and some urine work, so urine testing. So if you'd like, rather than you coming back for the results, I'd be happy just to mail them to you. In fact, we could uh, mail them to you, and if there's anything, I'll call you. But if not, I'll just write some hand notes. And my brother's friend kind of sighed and said, well, thank you very much. That's very kind of you, doctor. I think that would be the best way. I don't see any reason for me to be out this time with all the danger from the pandemic. And so uh, the uh, doctor who had put on a mask uh, turned his back to the patient, my brother's friend, and opened a cabinet. And out of the cabinet, he pulled a can of Lysol spray. And he sprayed it all in the room and, you know, did it, kind of just sprayed it around. And the uh, gentleman, my brother's friend, uh, the doctor asked him, he said, can you smell that? And he said, yes, sir. Uh, yes, doctor. As a matter of fact, I can. And the doctor looked at him and said, yeah, that's because that mask doesn't work. Have a great day. <laughs> I love that story. Anyway, uh, I want to thank you. We've been on a break. As I said, for a little while, we're going to get back in the routine of doing our podcast, and we so appreciate your listening. Um, as you know, we are available on Spotify and iHeartRadio and Google and uh, iTunes. So um, anytime you want to find us or look for us, that's where we can be found. We're under a Texan's view of the world. My name is Jeb Bashaw. Uh, stay safe out there. Take care of each other and take care of yourself. And we look forward to talking to you soon. Have a great day.